0: So today I have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Angelica Cortini uh, she got a PhD at the University of Milan and then did a postdoc in Braunschweig and uh, eventually ended up here in Portugal. Um, you have published, I was trying to look up how many papers you've published. I got somewhere around 200, isn't it correct?
1: No, no, fifty, I think.
0: Is more cool. Well, yeah, Google said 150 and other things said 200, but it's ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> so, that's, so, okay. So she publishes prolifically and she does most of her work in Madagascar, yes. working on frogs, but also other creatures lately. Yes. Some reptiles, but it's, but it's all Madagascar, yes. always. So what is it about Madagascar? Why Madagascar?
1: Because Madagascar is a fantastic place. So, first of all, I have to say, it's a fantastic place in general, but it's also true that I've really grown up with being totally fascinated by Madagascar. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's really as stupid, let's say, as that. So, basically, I think I was like something three or four years like three or four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a brother which is much older than me, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a, a book about the, well, the wildlife that was threatened. And I was just, you know, spending my time reading this. I think and I got one day completely fascinated, I was like, as I said, three, four years maybe, but these are two pages about Madagascar. So they totally stole my attention, <laughs> completely. And I still remember, well, I still have the book obviously at home, but I was completely fascinated. There was a furcifer chameleon yeah. and the eye and those wow. for me, they were like wow. So if there is a place where I want to be, <laughs> that's Madagascar. And basically, this is really, you know, like completely, you know, draw the direction of my life. Yeah, really.
0: <laughs> I mean, we we got to to know each other when we were collaborating uh, with yeah with, with you know essence. Uh, yeah, yeah and you were already working on Madagascar for things, but it went back that far. Yeah, that was just an ordinary not... page. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I got completely, completely obsessed uh, by Madagascar. So I was begging my parents to take me to libraries uh, to read about Madagascar. They wanted pictures of animals from Madagascar. (laughs) And so it was basically like this. So (laughs) so I was uh, completely obsessed by by Madagascar. Yes. And And how many times have you been?
0: More or less.
1: Um, I... uh, Gosh, uh, I think uh, maybe eight, uh, eight or nine is not really that much. Okay, in terms of uh, eight or nine times yes, uh, yeah. But uh, I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, I had the the luck basically. So the thing is this: when I've been working for a long time, I mean, the diversity of Madagascar is just crazy, mm-hmm. and so especially if when it uh, when it, we are speaking about amphibian and reptiles, so it really took me ages to become familiar to the diversity of Madagascar that I felt I was confident enough to be able to go in the field and do something meaningful mm.
0: <laughs> with that mm. <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah so I mean I've been my first time to Madagascar was in 2001 okay and uh, so now 22 years ago almost <laughs> <laughs> it's quite scaring yeah. <laughs> to look in oh, that gosh. way yeah and uh, so I was uh, still a student at the university and uh, again it was, uh, I mean, they were organizing during the university like a field course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still remember I saw this advertising in the, the atrium of the university. Again it was a, a, a Fursifer Pardalis. for mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the uh, exactly. people who don't uh, know, yeah. Uh,
1: Panther chameleon, yeah. and again I would say wow. So this must be something about Madagascar. So I, yeah, then I enrolled in that course, and we went to Masoala, which is an amazing place in the northeast of uh, of Madagascar. And basically, we had to be. Uh, it was quite nice because it was at the time that they were doing this super cool project. Of mm-hmm. uh, the name was the Rado de uh, Rado de Platte. And um, so basically, it was a a world expedition, um, and they were kind of uh, putting up on the canopy of the forest of five amazing places of the world, like it was Brazil, exactly, it It was Brazil, it was Congo. it was Madagascar, Mm -hmm. Indonesia, and if I'm not wrong, Queensland, Australia, something like this. And we end up by by coincidence they were working in Masuala in the day that in the period that we were there f- mm-hmm. with this uh, field course. So I even had the opportunity, and mm-hmm. while I was a student, to really get to know what the real scientists were doing, and it was super cool. <laughs> and wow. see all the things that they were discovering. And
0: was it as great as you thought it would be when you
1: actually? Ah, much better. What? Much That's... better. Right. <laughs> The real life is even much better because I think really, until you do not get to understand, I think is uh, so the diversity and the unknown diversity that there there is still in Madagascar is completely mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I think that until you do not really work in Madagascar and are aware of these uh, of this gap, you are not really fully you know uncovering the potential of this, understanding the. Fully, the potential of this of this site. Uh, totally. So, I mean, I might be a bit biased, of course, but this is also part of my. <laughs> and have you been to other jungles in the world to prepare, or...? Not really. Not. Well, I've been in a couple of places that can be, but not really tropical areas. Uh, not really tropical.
0: Nothing that compares to Madagascar.
1: And I'm I said I'm obsessed with yeah. Madagascar. So.
0: <laughs> so so for the people who have never been to Madagascar, which is most people yeah. in the world, including me, um, what's like what, what's it like there?
1: What is it like to be in Madagascar? Well, I mean doing Facebook Well, fieldwork can be quite challenging because of course the infrastructure in Madagascar are not very well developed and uh, I mean, basically, there are a few roads uh, that used to be yeah. railway, but is now basically used mostly only for goods. Uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah. So, they, yeah, I would say the general infrastructure is not very good. It's also true that, uh, uh, I mean, Madagascar is one of the poorest countries in the world. And, mm-hmm. of course, this is uh, I mean, it's, uh, what uh, really makes a place quite challenging. Yeah. Both in terms, I would say, Logistically, but I think also in terms of um, how can I say, like really, um, in terms of challenging for uh, a new people that go to Madagascar to do fieldwork, you know, because you basically face a completely different reality and can be like a bit of a shock, I think, for several. Mm. Because of the poverty poverty and the the different challenges that the people that you will inevitably be working with, uh, Mm. they are facing, you know, and to which you will be obviously... No, no, no. Yeah, have to to consider or at least think about it. Well, I mean, they're struggling for life, really, you know, and do not have enough food for to feed your family or do not have medicine for your sick kid and these type of things. So it's all pressure that if you stay in a place for long enough to build some kind of relationship, of course, yeah, they can be... They can be challenging. I mean, of course. Uh, I mean, if someone go to Madagascar once or, uh, and come back, maybe you do not really have this uh, this uh, perception, right? But uh, uh, but if you go repeatedly, yes. Yeah, so if you go repeatedly in a place, for example, it's uh, shocking for me to see that, uh, uh, as I said, is uh, twenty-two years the time the the time span right. <laughs> that I know Madagascar that I went there the first time. And I mean, it's a uh, shocking to to know that there are a forest that I saw that are not existing anymore. No. It, uh, yeah. So
0: it's, it's a, it's a common misconception of Angostra that it's all like a big <laughs> jungle island, but it's but, not. but it, it's not, it's really not. It's just a little Eastern edge, which is green and all the rest is, is very dry. It's yes.
1: It's very dry and a lot of it, uh, let's also put it in this way. It's also true that uh, the the part that is dry, there are several areas that still are super interesting and that still hold Mm -hmm. uh, some uh, native vegetation and are still hosting lots of beautiful biodiversity. But it's true that, uh, I mean, uh, there is a lot of deforestation going on and... uh, yeah, yep. and so a lot of destruction. Obviously.
0: And all the deforestation is yep. happening in a very yes. small part of Madagascar, which is green because yep. it's yep. a big island, but yep. the jungle the is yep. quite small. Yep. Okay, so, I have people, so just, just yep. to put the people who listen in, in Madagascar, you're, it's hot, I presume?
1: Well, it depends where you are, but uh, and in the time of the period where you are of okay, <laughs> the cool year, well. yes. So if you are on the if you are on Antananarivo, the, the, the capital of uh, of Madagascar, and if you are there during our uh, uh, boreal summer, then there uh, <laughs> then it's cold, right? Because is uh, the the capital lays on a on a high plateau. Of, um, about and how cold are we talking here? Well. I would say yeah. not freezing, but it can be quite cold. Yes, so not freezing, but um, and I know that there are a few record anyway of snow every now and then.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, so and and people tell me that Madagascar smells of vanilla.
1: <laughs> that again, it depends where you are. <laughs> so if you are up in the north of Madagascar, yes, then it will smell about vanilla. If you are in the west, then no way that there will be that you will gonna see an orchid. <laughs> yeah. So it really depends on uh, yeah, because that's also the, the thing of Madagascar is uh, I mean we think it is an island. And- we might not really fully understand the extent, of the dimension that uh, that mm. is a piece of land. has. so it's really it's a really big island. So, lots of um, also climatically is extremely heterogeneous. So, we have extreme uh, heat in some areas, and then we have very you know, monsoonic uh, weather in the east, uh, yeah. and the cold. Uh, so yeah. most, as you okay. said, in the mountain. So it's really heterogeneous. And uh, Betampona
0: Nature Reserve. I yeah. had yeah. 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 The, the, the Madagascar <laughs> names are just... Betampona. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, there
0: you go. <laughs> Betampona. Nature Reserve. What's that like? Yeah. Is that yeah. the jungle? Yes, or...
1: it is jungle. Mm-hmm. It is actually, Betampona is uh, uh, one of the last uh, forest fragments of a low-altitude forest in mm-hmm. Madagascar. It's really a really, really tiny piece of a forest, the completely, you know, surrounded by deforested areas. Okay. So it's really an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Betampana is a kind of island within the island of Madagascar. Mm. And uh, what is amazing about Madagascar is really the diversity that uh, that it hosts uh, at, at all levels. So if you go for the limos, there are... Twelve species of lemurs. Mm-hmm. We are speaking of an area, just to give an idea, is a five kilometer per five, so it's a twenty-five uh, square but, kilometer. But I mean, you can you can walk past it. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is a twelve species of lemurs. So we are speaking of large, the largest mammals of Madagascar, native mm-hmm. mammals of Madagascar. Uh, we have eighty-two species of amphibians, seventy species of reptiles. And you've been, right. and you've been there several times, yes. right? Yes. Back in
0: 2013, yes. you had a bit of a yes. hairy moment and <laughs> we were doing a reptile inventory. <laughs> I think I remember <laughs> seeing the picture. From that
1: yes, that's true. Yes, a- yes, a- yes. A- yes. A- that's true. A- very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So it was a super cool. It was an expedition that I did with quite a lot of the people of colleagues. So that they were here in Sibiu or that they were, that are still here in Sibiu. That is the place where, uh, where I'm also currently based as uh, a, and, uh, and yeah. So basically we, we mounted this expedition to, uh, go and catalog the reptile diversity of the Tampon. And we did this expedition over a period of five weeks and the idea Five was- weeks in the jungle. Yes. Yeah.
0: Camping, yeah. sleeping in the jungle, eating in the jungle. Yeah,
1: that's what we want. <laughs> right. <laughs> It was very funny, because so to be a little bit more, so at the time, it was uh, as you said, uh, twenty thirteen, so I had my daughter in uh, a couple of years before, so I was uh, feeling a bit bad to live a baby for a long, long period alone with uh, with the father. So I really wanted to try to optimize the time. Ideally, my plan was uh, better not my plan, but the plan of the organization, of the expedition was uh, to survey each of what we call campsite in Betampona for uh, at least five days, but there are seven campsites, so okay. it would have required us at least... Uh, Uh, eight weeks uh, consider also the logistic uh, to go Mm. there and i thought it was a bit too much Uh, so in order to shorten it i i organized this expedition where we would have been in many more people and the idea was that we would have a split in two main groups uh, and each group was leading uh, the surveys in three areas of the forest and um of course, is a Betampona is a strict nature reserve. Nobody can access Betampona uh, without, uh, I mean, if not for research reasons. So you can't go there as a tourist. It's a really a fantastic place, mm-hmm. almost pristine. Almost, I'm saying, because I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just being so small, is obvious that there are quite a lot of, I mean, influence from, of pressure from, 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 the outside. But basically. So we we spent there uh, uh, this uh, this uh, time monitoring. We organized basically these uh, two teams, and each team was there mandatory with guides. So basically, uh, all the reserve in Madagascar are managed by Man- uh, Madagascar National Park. And it's mm-hmm. like the you know the the, the supervisor and the mm-hmm. the, the yeah, the, the sure. authority that give also uh, permission, you know, to to visit the place and stay there studying. And mandatory, you need to be there with some guides. Okay, and Also because, I mean, I love... <laughs> although a is mean, probably we would not really be able to find that much. But basically, so we were there with the guides, both of the organization that is managing the reserve and also people of Madagascar National Park. And, uh, but at one point it happened that our field guide uh, got uh, really sick. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically at the time what we did was, um, the tampon is very hilly Mm -hmm. and uh, we were setting uh, pitfall and uh, and, uh, drift fence to try to maximize our chances to also collect uh, uh, fossorial reptiles, mm -hmm. amphibians, who (laughs) knows? And, uh, but then, of course, when you set these uh, tools in the field, you need uh, to regularly visit these uh, these uh, these in, in, let's say infrastructure, mm-hmm. because of course, if animals the animals you can't leave animals for a long longer period it into the, the, the pitfall. So exactly, exactly. exactly. Like that. Yeah. So basically, the plan was uh, once once we were opening the the, the pitfall, uh, we would be visiting them uh, at least uh, twice a day, okay. In the morning, uh, yeah. early in the morning, and then. Uh, after dusk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so the point was that I was in the field with, uh, with these uh, two other colleagues and our guide fell really sick. So it was a uh, typhoid fever. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, he was really miserable. And, uh, well, so it was dusk. Uh, we really had uh, to go, uh, basically mm-hmm. visiting our three lines of, uh, of, uh, um, of uh, drift fence and pitfall to see and eventually remove the animals that were there. And although we, I mean, of course, uh, as I said, the place is small, mm. <laughs> but uh, it's often common in forests in very complex system uh, to kind of lose, you know. Oh, to, absolutely. To, yeah. Uh, the references, the geographic references. Yeah. Anyway, we said, okay, uh, what shall we do? I mean, the guide cannot really guide us uh, to, mm. but we said, okay, but we are in it free. We know more or less where they are. We did it already a couple of days. Uh, Let's do it alone. And it was me and my other two European uh, team members. And it went miserably bad. What? What what happened? You didn't (laughs) find them. We didn't find them and we got completely lost. We did not even reach the first.
0: (laughs) And this was after dusk, you said, right? It was
1: after dusk. Okay, sure. (laughs) So we were completely lost. And... uh, and so we were there. I, I, I mean, I totally. I mean, at the beginning we said, "Well, but yeah, I mean, we can't really be lost, right?" I mean, we walk not more than a couple of minutes, so we can't really be far away. <laughs>
0: oh yes, we <you> can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then basically, yeah, we are walking with our uh, with our flashlight and so on. And in reality, we couldn't really recognize anything. So at a certain point, we said, "Okay, so we will stop." We found a stone. Well, we will stop, of course. Once we will have light, it will probably be very easy to find our campsite. But in the meantime, we can shout. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that's what we did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when uh, when we organize this type of expedition, we also have um, uh, uh, a cook uh, that come with us uh, that is basically, you know, really taking care of uh, of the campsite and also providing us uh, some logistic and so on. So we tried to, to shout mm-hmm. and our super uh, cook Maneri yeah. <laughs> finally have- yeah, I mean, she he, he heard oh. us, uh, oh. and then uh, and then he came to to collect us. But <laughs> yeah. all this story took us, like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes, and it was enough uh, to oh, be scared. That is worse. <laughs> <laughs> and embarrassed, of course. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here saying this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am totally shameless of this <laughs> thing. <laughs> what did the cook say when he should let <laughs> No, it was a super. It was, a bit, it was very funny. He was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> And then it was very funny that the next day he brought us to the stone where we were, oh. and we realized it was really no more than 400 meters, seriously.
0: Wow. Well, otherwise he couldn't have heard you from yes. the shouting. I mean... Exactly.
1: I'm... It was so much fun. I mean, it was scary, but at the same time, we were also feeling like, gosh, really. I mean, we are really so bad. Right. <laughs> Didn't work more than two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. But well, I mean, what what you have to do? I mean,
0: if you lose your bearing, yeah. then then, <laughs> then you're gone. I mean, I went at that once in, in uh, the deserts yeah. in in the US. There were all these bushes. They were like three meters high. They're all the same. Not- and there's just blue sky above you, and there's and, and uh, bushes. Uh, <laughs> In 30 meters, I was lost. It was amazing. Yeah,
1: it's amazing, but it's actually quite nice. I think. I mean, honestly, I think that beside everything, I mean, it was quite. I think it gave me a nice perception of, uh, of really how we are not used anymore uh, to be in, a, in such complex ecosystem. So on a way, it was really a nice. Uh, you know, uh, input uh, that I got, uh, so, uh, yeah.
0: that's why. Yeah, exactly. Oy, yeah, And, uh, yeah. that was the scariest moment, yeah. but then you went back. Yeah. So you were in, I'm gonna Betampona, yes. Betampona. Betampona. Betampona, uh, nature reserve again in 2019. Looking at vegetation.
1: So this also is a super funny because uh, I mean, as you see, I mean, I'm really not ashamed to say the bad story about me <laughs> that <laughs> prove my. <laughs> so I sometimes try to pretend that, that I'm an expert, but then <laughs> we <with> don't. All... <laughs> with all these podcasts, basically I'm.
0: <laughs> Nobody will listen to this podcast. Don't worry, I.
1: So now it's very funny. It's also super funny. So. The best season to go and sample amphibians and reptiles in Madagascar is October November, okay. Because this basically <clears throat> correspond to the beginning of the spring mm. for the Australian season. And okay. uh, yeah, so I have, I have to say all my expedition of Madagascar up to uh, 2019 were done in this period. So my experience was entirely based on Madagascar
0: spring. Yeah, spring. Yeah, 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 completely.
1: Um but then as you said so this expedition was uh, about a plant and I mean it's not because I uh, I decided to change a subject. <laughs> it's uh, simply because as I said now so in Betampona is really one of these uh, areas that where I have a really long time long-term commitment. So it's an area where I'm keep working since more than I started the first time to, the first expedition I had there was in 2007. So and then I visited uh, <clears> there <throat> several times after that. So it's really a place where I keep going, and we have excellent connection. There is an NGO that is managing the reserve and provide a lot of logistic. So we have a lot. This also mean that we have lots of data for the reserve and the amphibian and reptiles of the reserve. And um, one of the thing that uh, came that I came across is that uh, there was uh, a survey done at the beginning. I think it was 2009, where basically they mapped. Uh, uh, the forest coverage in a set of areas of the forest, mm. and uh, basically my idea was okay. Now we have built the information about amphibian and reptile, um, abundances and uh, sorry species richness, but also abundances because of a long term project that we have there, and. Uh, and so I thought it would have been nice uh, to have a snapshot again 10 years later of how the forest uh, and the vegetation complexity has uh, changed and then see whether we could basically find uh, some hints about, uh, you know, either amphibian or reptiles, species richness, uh, com- uh, <clears throat> community composition, and that type of things. So, of course, for that expedition, I needed uh, to have, uh, I mean, it was really not relevant uh, to have any. I mean, it was the the idea of this expedition was really not about uh, sampling amphibian and reptiles. It was uh, collecting data on plants. So I I I worked with the people from uh, from uh, team of uh, botanists from Missouri Botanical Garden. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and basically, I was there mostly, you know, to to. Coordinate, well, to help basically them understand which were really my needs uh, uh, in terms of okay. what I wanted to do. So I was a kind of, I don't know, like a field uh, organizer type yeah. of a thing. So I was not really there. So the research type of things was not really. So uh, it also means that I could do this uh, thing whenever, whatever period of the year. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, again, so I always try uh, when I go to fieldwork, to also carry with me my daughter. And uh, so, but of course, I mean, it's always a bit of a trade off because then she's in school. So I don't want to, you know, to keep her out of school too much. And you always, well, sometimes. Yeah, yes. Well, yes very cool that you go
0: to Madagascar <laughs> with you. Very cool.
1: And so I said, well, I mean, these fieldwork, since I'm not really targeting amphibian reptiles, we can, I can do it in summer, uh, uh, like boreal summer. That yeah. uh, is uh, winter. And uh, finally enough, fa- finally uh, they in Madagascar, in the East Coast, uh, and well, all around Madagascar, they call uh, um, <clears throat> their winter the season session, uh, so the dry season. Yeah. And so I said, well, okay, so let's go in the dry season. I don't really mind if there are no animals, few animals. Mm. And uh, I mean, uh, differently from what I was doing generally, I said, well, I'm They could dry season, it would be relatively dry, probably. (laughs) You would think? I was thinking that. (laughs) But but I think that basically I was miserably wrong. So I've never had so much rain in all my life. There were leeches oh. dropping on us from, I mean, constantly. It was pouring rain all the time. R- rain and leeches, yes. <laughs> and both me and my daughter, we were terribly bad equipped for water. Whoa. So, for example, I'm. it was the first expedition I had. I didn't brought with me rubber button. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: It's sexy,
1: in the dry season. season. (laughs) Then, I mean, I dig a little bit more about the name, and apparently, it's simply dry season because in the west of Madagascar it's not raining, but in the east, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, my daughter now, if I tell her that we go in the dry season in Madagascar, he tells that I'm crazy and she will never come with me again.
0: (laughs) Was it that bad?
1: It was. uh, Really, I mean.
0: So how long were you there? You were camping in the
1: jungle again? Yes, three weeks. Um, uh, with uh, mud up to the knees.
0: Wow. Um. <laughs> 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 and leeches falling.
1: Falling on top of us.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, so that it has been quite fun.
0: And how old uh, was your daughter at that?
1: So it was uh, 2019, so eight. Yeah. So yeah, she has uh, something to, to to tell to their friend. Uh, friends.
0: <laughs> Which eight-year-old has done that?
1: <laughs> Super funny. Uh, another very funny thing about this thing is, uh, so we also brought uh, some type of a treat for the for the fieldwork. It's always nice uh, mm. to bring something that you know one day or maybe because you finish to sample this there or so on, you have a small treat. Yeah. And so we decided to take. Uh, we had uh, a tin of corn. And flour, and we bake corn bread <laughs> in the forest for like celebrating. And there was even leeches falling into the dough. <laughs> so my daughter was. Oh no, there is this one as well. <laughs> there is another one.
0: She'd probably be looking forward to that for a week, <laughs> and then leeches fall in here. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, so the
1: bread dough. <laughs>
0: She is not going to be grow up to be a squeamish woman. <laughs> <laughs> she has already oh, experienced everything, no,
1: but she told me, uh, "I will never go again huh? in <laughs> not dry season anymore for me, Madagascar."
0: <laughs> wow! Oh yeah, Leech is falling. Yeah, that that that's fun. That's fun. And then you also went to a little bit of more of a dry place, which is not in the in the jungle part, you know, yeah, all the way in the east of Madagascar, but a bit across the mountains where where there's in the rain shadow, the Anya Community Reserve. Anya. Anya. See, I would, I knew I, I would be pronounced. Like, this is so small, I must be able to pronounce this correctly. No. <laughs> Nothing in the Madagascar it's weird.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that it was really quite amazing. So, so this, uh, the first visit I had in uh, in Aja uh, Community Reserves was in 2009. So we had this incredible, I had uh, this incredible opportunity. I was at the time postdoc in uh, Braunschweig University. And basically my role was simply for two months, simply being in Madagascar, traveling and identifying amphibian and reptiles. So, so it was my best uh, field course, <laughs> the best field course i could have for yeah, I mean, yeah. amazing amazing. <laughs> amazing it was really amazing and basically that was the day i mean it was the end of our trip mm-hmm. and uh, yeah on the way back to so it's not really terribly i mean it's really on the main road of madagascar is i would say around one day still to, uh, travel to to tana mm-hmm. the capital somewhere then we would have left. And on the way to to the south, we spotted uh, this reserve, but I mean, it's really something super, super tiny. Mm -hmm. And then we said, well, now we don't have time, but on the way back, uh, let's just stop there. I mean, and yeah, even just uh, to know the people and see what they, yeah, what they know about the animals, amphibians and reptiles that are there. So we just uh, stopped for lunch and uh, it was a super fun weekend as well. I ordered the of fromage <laughs> and while they were they were cooking it uh, we went all to have uh, a tour to this uh, forest but literally it's like uh, yeah you do all the the tour in like half an hour okay. nothing this... like, super <laughs> small basically it's a huge angersel service a huge boulder <clears throat> like a kind of dome and then on the hills on the on the foothills there is uh, this uh, patchy remaining of of yeah, the seduced forest, and, and it was absolutely amazing because that has never happened to me before. So uh, <clears throat> basically, <clears throat> in uh, yeah, in maybe from five to ten minutes, I discovered three new species of uh, reptiles. But you know, these are type of animals, so that. Uh, so it's not that you need to go back to the, to the lab, uh, you know, to the genetic and say, oh yeah, this is a bit different. So we might describe yeah. it. So they were completely. So in the field, I saw these animals and I say, yes, this, this is, is your species. And no <laughs> doubt about it. No microscopy. No, Nothing. Scaling <laughs> <laughs> <Got any laughs> scales. Nothing. Wow. It was really. Well,
0: what, what was it?
1: So it was uh, uh, Paraguayra felicite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, which was also quite nice because uh, uh, back then the, there used to be only two species of parageira described mm-hmm. for Madagascar and both of them were coming from the coast. So we thought it was a genus that got
0: It's a gecko Yes, yeah, sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, yes I <laughs> forgot it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's a gecko. Uh, and we, we thought it was only uh, living on the coastal area and instead I found it really in the, yeah, basically in the total inner side of the uh, inner part of uh, of the island. And so already for that, uh, I mean, with the regionalism that there is in Madagascar, I mean, having recognized the genus, I immediately know that it was something different. Because, yeah, that. exactly. And then it was uh, uh, another gecko, a uh, gecko of the, of the genus Felzuma, which are very popular, very brightly colored. This a new species that uh, that I found. Is not uh, so. It's a part of a clade that is a little bit more uh, more discreet. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's not the bright green, yeah, but still quite a nice one. And it had a really a very a, a, a really a typical color a, a color pattern that I've never seen before. You uh, know, pictures and things.
0: Yeah. So you knew immediately. Yeah, yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, that was a chameleon. Huh? <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> just to chop it off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, Brukesia is a leaf litter chameleon. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah It's not really the super tiny because among the tiny chameleon in Madagascar, there are two, well, there are three main groups. Uh, one, well, two are relatively large for a small chameleon <laughs> and one are extremely yeah. tiny ones so it's not the part of the, it's not really the group of the tiny tiny one is uh, these uh, yeah, the small, small size no 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 we are speaking of 3-4 uh, cm so, like, oh, uh, yeah.
0: so that's amazing so after that you were yeah, yeah.
1: So I was super happy I was so excited I said this is the best the thing that would happen to me. <laughs> Trainee species yeah. during lunch. Yeah. During lunch, amazing. Yeah. And on the main street of Madagascar, yeah. for me, this is what is completely mind-blowing about the place, yeah. that sometimes you really just need, you know, an eye in a place. I mean, it's not really about accessibility or not. In Madagascar, it's still really a bit of investigation and yeah. also field investigation. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, probably, although it wasn't the main route, nobody had really had... It's also so tiny that maybe, well, I said, uh, it was... Yeah, they just didn't
0: happen. No, no, and and there has to be somebody like you who actually recognizes the the animals in order (laughs) to to know that it's a new thing.
1: So it was really cool. I think it's uh, my best moment in terms of, um, of, uh, you know, taxonomic... uh...
0: Well, I mean, discovering three species yeah. of, of reptiles, I yeah. mean, discovering three species of flies or something is a different story, but three species of reptiles yeah. during lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that
1: Plus, we had the two more. Oh. Yes. So, there was also another gecko, a ground gecko, gecko mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah, I mean, it looked a little bit uh, crazy and it. I said well there, there is an opportunity that also this one is uh, is a new thing yeah. but I knew it belonged to a group where a systematic revision was is ba- was badly needed at the time and it's actually something that we managed to do just a couple of years ago okay. and so in reality the new species are five because oh. those are two geckos well I thought what I thought it was one gecko of gra- one ground gecko yeah. in reality were two different things and both of them.
0: So you described all these species that you discovered during your little lunch <laughs> egg, and that's among your whatever, 150 200 published work.
1: Well, the last one is in publication now. Okay. Yes. Not in yet. <laughs> but it will this, it will soon be, yeah. Yeah. It's really.
0: Wow. <laughs> that that is, that is okay you beat and you've beat a lot of people i i think it's gonna be a long time for somebody to that.
1: so are you going back to madagascar anytime soon uh yes i hope so uh, i still don't, do not really know when because so unfortunately with all this the covid break uh, and so madagascar has been closed for quite a lot of time so it only opened the borders again in november 2021 mm. And I had a lot of students, basically, that had to pause their work and their field work during it. So I'm trying, basically, to, I mean, I'm trying to, how can I say, to prioritize their work, right? Because, uh, yeah, I mean, they are obviously linked to projects that need to to finish and so on. And I really have no, so... So all
0: that's that's all the responsibility and you have. You cannot go <laughs> yourself. And
1: I mean, of course, I could. The point is that is, I mean, the all-permitting the uh, issues in Madagascar is quite complex, which is on one side is good on the one because it means that they take it seriously, obviously. So there is a lot of uh, supervision and lots of uh, investment in this from the side of authorities and controls, mm-hmm. and um, so it means they, in a way are aware of the uh, of, and very, very, you know, protective of, uh, of their biodiversity, which is great. But then, I mean, the whole process requires quite a lot of uh, time and investment, money investment, time investment, logistic investment. And for me, it's completely impossible to have like more than two expedition of higher oh, organized in mm. term. and at the moment, as I said, I had uh, free PhD student that really had the need to be there for their, for their PhD. Sure. So I tried to plus a postdoc, and I mean they had to be the one <laughs> <laughs> going there first to get there. So I had I help a lot in yeah in all this logistic part. But so I don't know. I hope if everything goes fine, uh, I will be back in 2004, 2024. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 2024. Okay. Is my hope. So yeah. not this
0: year, but. Yeah. After that, you're definitely going yeah. back and uh, maybe you'll be able to convince your daughter to, to join you. Nobody loves Robbie as much as you do, Angelica. And if people want to follow your research, where do they find your stuff?
1: I mean, uh, ResearchGate is the place where I really try to put all my research out, yes. And research gate, uh, and they will find everything. I think it's nice that it's also all PDFs available. If they're not directly able for download, then you just send me a message and I will send them. And it's really the only place where I try to maintain. And do you have like social
0: media or something like
1: that? This? this. Okay. <laughs> <Absolute>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well,
0: Ajenica, thanks a lot yeah, Thank for you. for being on the podcast. Thank and you. And I, I, as soon as I started this, I thought you have to be on the top of the list because I knew there were some, <laughs> some good stories in there.
1: Excellent. It was really, really a pleasure for me to have this chat with you. And uh, yeah, we'll follow the podcast as well because I'm very curious to hear also all the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.